Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked On Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, alongside the founder of BrewHoop.com, longtime voice of the podcast, and international ambassador for Rocky Rococo's Peter Frank Madden. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Go to rockauto.com and check that out there. We're going to continue the emails today. Uh, we've got a bunch of questions that include uh, some young young names, some interesting young prospects that maybe haven't qu- uh, quite sprung to mind straight away, but they might be on the back burner a little bit there. So we've got a question around that. And then we're going to talk about Brooke Lopez. Uh, yes, a vital member of this team. Yes, vital to the number one defense over the last couple of years. But he also maybe is a player that actually has a little bit of trade value. So me and Frank are just going to go back and forth a little bit there. Uh, I've just, as I'm recording here, I've just finished watching game one of the NBA Finals. What a letdown that was. Miami looked like they're in big trouble, particularly with a couple of serious injuries. So that really sucks uh, for neutral basketball fans that were hoping for a good series. And also in the background here, as I'm watching the Brewers just making a little bit of a comeback, down 3-2, the big fella, the Wisconsin. The man the man that just looks like Wisconsin, Vogelback, uh, came up with a big play. So we're hoping the Brewers can come back and get a win here against the Dodgers. But I'm not going to mess around any longer. Let's go straight to the questions, and Frank's going to get us started here. Let's go to the next question from Adam Kopp. Hey, Ken and Frank, I'll be, a fa- I'll be a fangirl first off and just express how much I thoroughly enjoy the work you guys do for the podcast. And besides being a listener since the Miles Plumley and Spencer Hawes days, I enjoy the in-depth pizza reviews. Thank you, Adam. You're getting way more of them than I think I intended. But uh, anyway, um, he says, so I think it's no secret this team needs more than just one move and a huge concern of mine is that the team will only look to make moves for guys out of Giannis's timeline, i.e. in their later primes. Although I think we need at least one of those type of moves. I also think we need to look at making a move for a younger player with high potential to grow with Giannis. One name that I've thought of a lot is Lowry Markkinen. He's only 23. He still has some potential for a high ceiling in my opinion and clearly has a walking on eggshells relationship with the Bulls. With his disappointing season this last year, I'm curious if this could be a move that wouldn't cost much and would still give you the ability to make other larger moves. Thanks much and take care, Adam K. Um, I'll say this to start. Uh, we've talked a little bit about this concept of targeting guys who are um, still on their rookie deals, maybe have had like either some level of disappointment or are, you know, maybe not considered to be like lock max contract type guys, but, but guys that like, eh, do, does the team like want to pay them a ton? Or is there like, competition at their position, you know, things like that. Right. Um, you know, Derek white from the Spurs, I think is a guy that we've talked about uh, last year. We talked a fair bit about Luke Kennard because there was, you know, the rumors about the bucks being in the mix to trade for Luke Kennard. Um, I think Malik Beasley is a guy that has come to mind at times, you know, he was traded heading into his restricted free agency to the Timberwolves. 
Um, he's had some legal problems in the past week, week or so. Uh, but, you know, guys of that ilk, right? The idea being exactly what kind of Adam was alluding to. Can you get a guy who's not, I mean, he's not a, they're not rookies who can't contribute anything. You hope that they can come in and, you know, maybe the light switch goes off and they pick a, a leap in Milwaukee and become really good, um, you know, player starters or, or high impact rotation guys, at least. Um, and then, you know, okay, if they go to restricted free agency, you got to pay them, then that's, you know, not a bad problem to have. Um, uh, so I, I think in principle, the, the, the logic I think is pretty good. I would say this marketing probably wouldn't be as high on my list just because um, I, I still don't feel like another big man would be the, the position I would prioritize to put next to Giannis. Um, I think marketing is really interesting just because he is a pretty dynamic offensive player. I mean, he's a terrific shooter, hasn't necessarily shown it consistently. I think, you know, his three point percentage numbers have been a bit disappointing. I think he was at 34% last year, but you know, he's more than just like a spot up shooter. Um, he definitely has um, an element of dynamism to his game. Uh, and he's obviously really big, uh, moves well, you know, again, I'd say he's been a better defender than I expected, but, um, certainly not like, you know, uh, for a seven footer, he's definitely not that I would say he doesn't like impact the game defensively, like a seven footer, perhaps let's say. Um, so yeah, my, my thought was Markin, I think is interesting. I think the price tag on him is probably going to be higher than you would want, uh, the bucks to pay just given kind of the roster fit with Giannis again. Could be a really potential interesting guy next to uh, next to Giannis. Um, you know, I think I'm just thinking of like Miritich, right? Another like tall guy um, who was a kind of really interesting, more than a shooter, kind of dynamic offensive player, and could kind of get by defensively. Um, unfortunately, that experiment didn't work. Didn't work out. Former another former Bull, uh, but uh, yeah, he's an interesting player. I I would just say probably not someone I would prioritize, just in part because of the position questions and. Um, I know we were talking before the podcast and you raised the question of, you know, how, how cheap would he really be? And I guess, Kane, you, you probably wouldn't expect him. I mean, they're not going to give him away at this point, right? Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, I, I always try and look at uh, some of these franchises that I think are ripe for the picking in terms of taking some young talent that just has been in a really bad situation. I think the Knicks have been a team that have been in this situation for a number of years. Sacramento are always there. Phoenix were. Although I think Phoenix now has figured something out. I think they've turned it around a little bit. They've got enough uh, guys there and sort of some stability that I think that they're on the right path. And Chicago was absolutely a team in this boat for mine when Jim Boylan was there. And that's why I think for everyone else in the NBA, it was it, it sucks that the Bulls finally pulled the, uh, pulled the trigger and, and fired Jim Boylan because Laurie Markkinen was a guy that was clearly pissed off playing for him. He wasn't happy. They had a couple of notable run-ins along the way. And it didn't really surprise me that Markkinen's numbers went down this year. He didn't seem that interested from some of the games that I saw, but he looks like a guy. I mean, we've seen it. We saw it in his rookie season and even his second year, he averaged 18 points and nine rebounds around 36, 37% from three as a seven footer. So he definitely strikes me as a guy that um, could, could have a, a breakout season. But now if you're Billy Donovan going in there, um, you, you're not going to let that guy go because you want to see what you've got. You want to see what you've got in, in your system. So I think that he would just be a really tough one to get. I don't know if there's any other younger guys that are around the league, Frank. I know you mentioned a couple of times that oh, we do sort of regularly on the on the show that we have um, that group DM and with Dean and, and Eric and Mitchell Maurer and we just bounce ideas off each other. And, and one of the names that came up over the last week that 
I don't necessarily even know if he would be attainable. We know Sacramento have had some issues there. Buddy Heald hasn't necessarily been happy. He has already signed a contract extension, a, a very reasonable one, uh, I will say, as well. Uh, owed $24 million in 2021, and then it's uh, actually scaling down to 18 at the end of 23-24. And just to go back to the question, if you talk about adding guys that are in Giannis's age bracket and are going to be in his prime, and also to the point that you made, I think if the Bucks are going to put uh, assets and uh, you know serious cap space into a player, whether it's via trade or however they do it, then I think it, it does have to be a guard. It has to be a guard and, and a guy that can shoot. Um, Buddy Heels, uh, again, I don't know if he's even attainable, but that is a guy that you, I could personally see myself getting pretty excited about seeing him play in the Bucks system. All right, we're just a few hours away here from Geelong playing in their first final. And I told you I'm going to be going to DoorDash during this game. There is no doubt about that. I still haven't made up my mind whether I'm getting a burger, whether I'm getting wings, whether I'm getting pizza. I don't know what I'm doing. All I know is that I'm going to be using DoorDash. And you guys should too. If you want Chinese, if you want that pizza, if someone's craving the Froyo, there's something for everyone at DoorDash. You've counted on restaurants. Now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, They're still open for delivery. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKEDONNBA. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKEDONNBA. That's code locked on NBA. $5 off your first order with DoorDash. It's certainly interesting. I mean, you know, we, we talk about the Bucks not having like, you know, like they're a bunch of like fake shooters, right? right and yeah, Buddy exactly. Guild obviously would, would give you a, someone who's a very legit shooter. Um, an interesting question for him is like, how would you, you know, where would you play him? Probably depends a bit on, on the rest of the roster, but uh, you know, he's a guy that, I mean, he came off the bench a lot last year. I, I don't think that's his ambition in life to be a six man, but um, I, I, I think on a team like the Bucks, that, you know, to be honest, that, that might still make the most sense. You know, you think about if Wes Matthews is around next year. Um, you know, I think it's much easier to hide Wes Matthews offensively and just you know since he's really just a spot-up guy with all the other talented offensive players in the starting group and let you know West basically take heat off Chris defensively then to you know do the reverse and just throw more shooting necessarily in with with uh with the starters again it'd be a very good problem to have I think yeah yeah um but uh but yeah I don't I mean I don't really know what what the market for healed looks like I, I mean he's paid a lot um but I think he'll certainly have value just because of the premium put on, on shooters at this point. He, he had obviously his ups and downs last year. He is older than, you know, probably a lot of people would think, you know, you sort of think of him as, um, as a younger player, but um, I mean, he, is he 26, 27 already? Uh, let me just check real quick. Uh, 27. Yeah, he's 27. He's, he's almost 28. Um, yeah. He's going to turn 28 in December. So um, I mean, it's kind of hard to believe he's only about, uh, a year and a half, a year and change, not even a year and a half younger than, than Chris Middleton, <laughs> right? Which is not kind of what I think people would expect. You know, yeah. it's like, oh, young, yeah, that's not a young guard. But I mean, he's, he's, uh, he's 
been around a little while and came into the league pretty old. But but yeah, I mean, you mentioned just the, the shooting numbers. I mean, you know, he's a career forty one percent shooter on high volume, uh, average nineteen points game last year, twenty one the year before. So definitely an interesting player. Um, we'll be interested to see what what his market looks like. Um, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see, um, you know, if you look at the top of the draft to this year, um, obviously you've got Minnesota, Golden State, uh, and Charlotte. And I think Charlotte's a really interesting team to watch because um, they already had, I mean, they, they signed uh, Terry Rozier, uh, who actually had a very, I mean, productive, statistically productive season last year. Uh, but really, Devontae Graham was kind of the breakout, you know, surprise mm-hmm. on that on that roster, and they played the two of them together a lot. But you know, I think ideally, you, you you're probably not locking down the future of Devontae Graham and uh, and Terry Rozier playing together forever. Graham is is already 25, but he is an extremely prolific three point shooter, very good off the dribble shooter, average 18 uh, points per game last year. Uh, look, is he an ideal, you know, guy that? put as your start point guard of the future. I'm definitely not going to say that, but, um, but what happens if, you know, LaMelo ball slips to three, for instance, I don't know if he will, um, but there's some kind of interesting, you know, dynamics there with, with Minnesota has, they just paid, you know, a King's ransom for D'Angelo Russell to be their nominal starting point guard. Um, the Warriors obviously have a pretty good backcourt uh, with Steph and, and Clay. Um, I'm not saying they wouldn't take LaMelo, but uh, it would be interesting. I mean, if Charlotte has an opportunity to draft LaMelo, uh, he's a much bigger guard. You could, I think, certainly pair him with one of the two smaller guards. And then what does that mean for for those guys? You know, I mean, certainly Charlotte could keep a Devontae Graham um, and, you know, either play him with LaMelo or, or turn him into a, a six-man, which, you know, you probably feel pretty good about, uh, about Devontae Graham in that role. But uh, but that that's an, it creates a kind of a bit of an interesting dynamic um, for uh, for you know his potential trade value and again you know I don't I don't know what it looks like for the Bucks to try to make a move for Devonte Graham but um, it's it's definitely you know he's going to be an expiring contract next year I think he's not even guaranteed next year at one point six million so he's going to be a guy owed a lot of money um, and again the question is what what kind of what is his you know what is his role long term for for a team like Charlotte so. Yeah, I mean, there's there's kind of a lot of different, um, you know, I guess guys kind of floating around in different roles. I think Monte Morris, people may have noticed him uh, yeah. a bit with Denver. You know, what's what's his long term future there? Obviously, he's not going to start anytime soon with Jamal Murray around. Um, so there are guys like that who, again, are you know have never proven to be of the caliber of you know regular season Eric Bledsoe or anything like that. But um, but again, you also have George Hill. Um, who's not getting any younger. And so is there, you know, a guard that, that the Bucks would be looking at potentially there to, to uh, you know, maybe give them a, an injection of youth and, and uh, new ideas into the backcourt. But, but yeah, and feel free to t- tweet at us if, if, you know, if you guys have other guys in that kind of general situation, sort of these young guys on rookie contracts or whatever that you think might be interesting. Uh, I'm, I'm certainly open to, uh, to uh, soliciting ideas for that because it's, it's a it's an it's a little bit different approach, you know. People always focus on signing, you know, veterans, unrestricted veterans as free agents, but um, you know, trying to make a play for a future restricted free agent 
Um, and then, you know, signing that guy when hopefully he pans out, uh, that's obviously another way to do it. Uh, and you know, let's be honest with maybe be a way to make up for, uh, uh, what happened last year when the pucks, you know, drafted a guy in the second round, he ends up being winning rookie of the year. And in hindsight, they should have traded him well, well before probably it ever got to restrictor free agency last year. Cause obviously the return was, was not what, you know, you probably would have wanted. And, um, especially given, you know, the bucks are trying to win now, uh, and they still haven't cashed in that, that first round pick. It'll be interesting to see, obviously, if that pick is ultimately kept by them or not. Um, I did see that r- random note of the bucks, uh, being interested in Tyrell Terry, mm. the like one random, uh, college player that I have developed some weird affinity for, even though I don't really know that much about him, but he's the, uh, you know, sh- prolific shooting freshman guard. Slight build, but prolific shooting freshman guard from Stanford. Uh, I figured I'd squeeze that that little mention in there. But uh, I don't know. Any other thoughts on that, or I can go to the next question? Uh, I would be shocked. I'll just say this: I'd be shocked if the Bucks do go to the draft and and draft a player. I'd be shocked if it's not a shooter. It would it would just be completely stunning to me. I, I think the big point, just as we wrap up this question, and when we mentioned a couple of those guys, Devontae Graham. Uh, yes, we've said some of the names aren't going to be the most sexy guys. We'll certainly understand that. That's the position the Bucks are in. But I think the key point is they need a third option uh, that uh, can can play on the perimeter. And certainly it has to be a guard because I think this year it sounded okay on paper and we spoke about it a lot. But your first option is Giannis. Your second option is Chris. That's fine. But you need a third option in the playoffs. And the problem with the Bucks' third option was that it was Brook Lopez and if you, you, you're talking as much as I guess we did and everyone did, well, post him up, it's 2020. You need someone on the perimeter that can shoot a jump shot. And the Bucks are literally just didn't have that guy. Bledsoe, not giving you anything in the, in the postseason. George Hill had a fantastic year shooting 50%, but in the playoffs, he's not a guy you're going to throw the ball and tell you to get a bucket. Dante was largely non-existent until the last couple of games as well. So they just, they just didn't have a third option on the perimeter. And it's just tough to win in the playoffs if you don't have that. Yeah, for sure. All right, next question. We go to Jesse Dill. Jesse writes, anything to Bill Simmons' position that it's the Bucks' defense that really crumbled in the playoffs and Bucks should try to use Giannis differently next season? Um, I, I, I'm not sure how much we've talked about. I know I think we've talked about it a bit on the podcast. Um, I know we've talked about it a lot with in that little group that we have, uh, that DM thread that, that we've discussed. Um, I mean, I think clearly, I mean, this is something we talked about during the, the series, the Heat series in particular. I mean, you know, if, uh, I, look, I was encouraged that that Bud went away from using Robin Lopez at all starting in the Orlando series. I think that was clearly the direction they were going to have to go. There was not really going to be a role for Robin Lopez with the Sixers out of the playoffs and the Lakers, you know, not uh, a, a potential opponent until the finals. There really wasn't any obvious role for Robin Lopez uh, against the matchups that were coming down the pipe. Uh, in the East. So, you know, again, since Bud hasn't gotten credit for anything in the postseason, I'll at least say like, all right, good on you, Bud, for realizing that, you know, you're going to need a lot more Marvin, Giannis, and Brooke is basically your only big men um, playing any consistent minutes. But yeah, the downside obviously was that even when they went to those small lineups with Giannis and Marvin, which I think in principle made sense, um, you know, you see Marvin dropping like a big man, like trying to do what Brooke Lopez does. And that's just not the way you can play him. So um, I don't know exactly what, what Bill Simmons position was, but I think everyone, I think all of us would agree that um, they have to be more, 
I think they have to more deliberately play to, um, you know, the strengths of, of Giannis big men lineups. Um, and whether that's an outright switching scheme or just something that's much more aggressive um, against pick and roll, I think, you know, again, that, that, the, that is like a change up different look, I think is cr- crucial because not only, um, not only does it better play to, to Giannis's strengths again, like I don't think Giannis has, I don't think Giannis really knows how to play like a center, like a traditional center. Don't really, I mean, the lineups with him at center in the regular season were terrific uh, statistically, but I don't know. If, I, I, I feel like Giannis sort of just does it by just sheer force of talent and instinct. I don't think it's cause he's like, you know, cerebral or out about playing center in the NBA. Um, so I think playing to his strengths more, uh, being more aggressive with him, um, just makes a lot of sense. Uh, and then I think probably the bigger question is, you know, what does that mean for Brooke Lopez? And, you know, I, I think it's probably a, a broader discussion that we could have, but you know, are you, do you look to cash in Brooke Lopez as, uh, given his trade value is high? I mean, I, I, I love Brooke. I really like having him on this team. Um, I'm, I'm, I would probably be on more on the side of, of not trading him, but just making sure when Brooke is not on the floor that you can provide different looks defensively with Giannis at the five. Um, Cause you know, again, Giannis obviously isn't going to play 48 minutes at the five, but, um, but I do think it's an interesting question, at least just because on a team without a lot of tradable assets, uh, Brooke Lopez, I think does have some trade value coming off the season in which obviously, even though he didn't maybe shoot that well, um, you know, everybody knows he's got offensive talent inside and out. And most importantly, you know, defensively, he's been just a rock for this team and was a huge part of their success uh, in the regular season. But as was alluded to, that that success was certainly diminished in the playoffs. Um, I mean, they were terrific. They ended up being excellent defensively uh, in that Orlando series, even though Orlando hit a bunch of threes, they took away pretty much everything else. Uh, but obviously in the, in the Miami series, um, you know, you can kind of take your pick. I mean, the offense really struggled at times. The defense was not as good as it needs to be. Um, and, um, yeah, they just didn't have any answers. So, um, I think unlocking Giannis, probably playing him more at center, playing him more to his strengths, I think are kind of obvious things that we can say, but ultimately it's going to be up to Bud to actually do that and, you know, do it before we get to the second round of the playoffs. Cause you're going to need to practice that stuff. And they, they did play a lot more Giannis at the five this year, but, um, I think again, not necessarily always in the way that I think would make sense in terms of getting ready for playoff basketball. Let me jump in now and talk about our friends over at rockauto.com show sponsor for today, for Thursday. They are a family business. They've been serving auto parts customers online and they've been doing so for 20 plus years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts for hundreds of manufacturers. If you have any problems with your car, if there's a part you need to pick up, They've got everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. They literally have it all. If there's anything you need, particularly at a time like this, no one wants to be driving around going to different stores. Just jump on rockauto.com and they will have everything they need. Best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for the professionals as they are for the do-it-yourselfers. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all those parts that are available Right, Locked On in the How Did You Hear About Us box today. No, we sent you. That's Locked On in the How Did You Hear About Us box. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. To me, 
the decision about what you would do with Brook Lopez in regards to a trade comes down to a couple of things. And first of all, you spoke about uh, trying different things defensively in the regular season, but probably my my biggest concern coming into next year is that you, the Bucks can roll out the same team as they had this year, and I think you can pencil them in for 55 wins. And they're going to be able to do that on the back of their defense. It's going to be strong enough that they're going to beat most of the teams in the league, you know, 20 teams, they'll be able to sleepwalk through to wins in the regular season. And the problem with that has been the last couple of seasons, they just haven't tried anything else because they haven't needed to. And when Bud sits there and says, well, we've got the number one defense in the league and looks at you, you know, like you're, like you're stupid for, for asking anything otherwise, it's tough to argue with that because you're like, yeah, it's true. But if they have the same guys and the same personnel next year, then the temptation might be to do the same thing. And we know... Flat out, we've seen it the last two years. It doesn't work. So what else do you do with Brook Lopez defensively? There's probably not a lot else you can do. So as you said, the, the key point would be trying different things when he is off the floor. But I do think if you wanted to bring in a significant upgrade, particularly at the guard spot, we've spoke about the assets they have. Dante DiVincenzo probably has some value. Pick 24 probably has some value. And then uh, I'm not sure if they have anything else. Brook Lopez would be a guy that I would think, particularly you know, at the deal, $12 million next year, 13 the year after, uh, just a touch under 14 in 2022-23. He will be 34 by that point. So I do think there is, you are at the tipping point where if you are going to trade in, there's probably no better time to do it than now in terms of cashing in on your return. And we've spoke about the decisions Bucks have made in the past and, and how it's such a delicate balance, particularly for a team like Milwaukee and the position they're in right now to manage their assets as best as possible. And, and Brooke Lopez, I think just from a personal point of view, is someone that I would love to see back on the team uh, next year. And I would love to think that the Bucks can somehow upgrade the guard position and still have uh, said guard, Chris Middleton, Giannis and Brooke. I would love that. I would absolutely love that. I'm just not sure how they would be able to do that without including Brooke in some sort of trade if they actually wanted to make a significant upgrade and, and try and contend next year. And, and obviously by removing Brooke, uh, you would kind of force the hand, I think, of Bud to, as, we, as you sort of pointed to, try different things, particularly with the smaller lineups, uh, switching a lot more and you know, playing to the strengths of a lot of the guys on the roster defensively. So I think it's complicated, long story short. Yeah, and the irony is, I mean, you know, if you, if you want to move Brooke for value and then, um, you know, oh, well, you can always just find uh, a, a cheaper version of Brooke Lopez and maybe yeah, he's like good. Well, you already, <laughs> you, already, you already have one on your roster, right? You have his twin brother who's not as <laughs> good yeah. uh, at either offense or defense, but, you know, he's around, he's cheaper. Um, and, uh, and, you know, like as we've been saying, how much are you really going to need Robin Lopez, you know, moving forward, especially in high leverage minutes in the playoffs? maybe not at all just the way kind of things are, are trending unless, you know, Philly for instance, has a, uh, has like a, a bounce back year next year. So uh, yeah, that's uh, that, that's uh, it's tough. It, it sucks. Cause you know, again, like as a fan um, I can sit here and kind of be cold and calculating and, you know, we can be practical about it, but I mean, I would love, obviously, to see this team win a championship, oh, and yeah, yeah. I would, I would really want Brook Lopez to be a part of that, right? I would love for Brook Lopez to be part of, um, of kind of winning that ultimate prize, just because of the type of person he is, and you know the relationship he's built with Giannis and the rest of this team, and um, you know, you, we, we're very lucky as Bucks fans. I mean, 
this is a team full of like people that it are easy to root for and that you want to root for. And they have not, you know, really made, let's say sacrifices in the character department to bring in talent. I mean, they brought in really talented people who are really great, really, really great people too. And, um, you know, Brooke is, is obviously exhibit, you know, exhibit a of that, right. Just sort of the character, um, and, and being a, a great player. So, um, we've been going at this a while. Why don't we park it? Um, we, we have not run out of mailbag questions, Kane, because we never <laughs> run out of mailbag questions, but why don't we leave it here for today? Put a pin in it. Um, I'll, uh, I'll, I don't know then when the next time I'm going to be having some, some Rockies, um, pizza, uh, make some, make, make myself at home Rockies pizza with the sauce. But, um, I, I appreciate all the, uh, appreciate all the, the, uh, the excitement that this is, has, uh, has, has created, uh, with, uh, with our, with our loyal fans. So, Thank you for your support, guys. Let <laughs> <I> me <mean, laughs> as, as I get my finally my free pizza out of all this. I think actually, I, I want to say a few years ago when uh, Eric and I were were potting, there was the idea of doing like local advertisers. And I think I even like mentioned on a podcast. I said like, "Hey, if you're a local advertiser, I mean, we just want to get some free pizza out of this Rocky Rococo. You know, shout us out, right?" Um, and and year, years later, maybe it's finally it's finally coming home to Rooster. I I, w- I do want to report actually a bit of a development because I did say that it was kind of my fault that I've uh, you know been in in such strong support of the hop, um, but they can't really give me any free food. And if I was going to back a, a local business in Milwaukee, then I probably I mean you've you've gone the smart option. Yes, it's taken a few years, but if the payoff is some free food, then no one's going to complain about free food. But I tweeted after uh, Game Six of. Uh, Boston and Miami and I was actually quite disappointed sometimes I like send a tweet out there and I think that uh, I'm onto something really good and I I thought I was onto something pretty good with this one Uh, I said Gene Haywood uh, is uh, contemplating uh, the Celtics demise or something like that in the conference finals and it was a photo of uh, Gene uh, I think his name is Tatovic or Takovic or something like that of uh, Better Call Saul uh, working at Cinnabon and so I tweeted that out and unfortunately, maybe it was a little bit niche or maybe it just wasn't as funny as what I thought it was, but it didn't do big numbers. But overnight I went to sleep and I woke up in the morning and Cinnabon followed me uh, on Twitter, even though I didn't actually tag Uh-oh. them in the there tweet. So uh, listen, listen, let's just, we'll just, we'll just see what happens here. We'll see what happens. Pizza and Cinnabons will be, will be uh, any, any concern people had about us losing weight and getting into good shape. Uh, <laughs> They don't have to worry about that. Our pizza and Cinnabons will keep us fat and happy. Do they have Cinnabon in Australia? Probably not, I would guess. No, or do no. they? Yeah. No, uh, they don't. I actually, I, I'm going to be honest, watching Better Call Saul, I didn't even know if it was a real uh, store. I had, real to look, I, I had to look it up. But anyway, that's great. But I will say this. We've been rolling through the emails on the mailbag here. And I kind of like the mail, mailbag because uh, the email mailbag, because the, the listeners get to, Detail their questions a little bit further, uh, give a little bit more thoughts uh, rather than the 280 characters on Twitter. So, uh, as always, if you've got more questions, send them through at Locked On Bucks on Twitter or Locked On Bucks at gmail.com. Frank, uh, we'll be all over them if you get into the email. But for now, uh, we are going to wrap it up. We'll be back with more questions at some stage. But for now, for Frank and myself, stay safe and we will be back tomorrow.